Welcome to the Best of Power Tips Unscripted. Season 5 will begin September 21st with a live recording at the Remodelers Summit. Until then, enjoy our Best of Power Tips Unscripted series. Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Mike DeFabian, president of DeFabian Remodeling in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hiring is on everybody's mind these days, but do you know what character traits to look for? What should the hiring process look like? What is a reasonable time frame to evaluate? Or what should a probation period be? Well, Mike is here to share what he has learned over the past 20 plus years in business when hiring employees, and we'll hear all about it in just a minute. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. Now don't call me Shirley. Hi, I'm Victoria Downey, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. And I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. You sure are. Boy, hot topic today, right? I would love to know all these great no tips kidding. on hiring because we're trying to hire too, and it's it's agonizingly it, challenging. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I was going to say it a different way, but yeah, it's it's not fun, man. No. I, you know, oh my gosh, I can't wait. So as we attend all these roundtable meetings and all the members are talking about hiring, I mean, everybody's trying to hire, it seems. And so we were at this one particular meeting and our guest today had some really awesome stuff to say about it. So I snagged him immediately to be on our podcast. You're you're a good snagger. I know I'm a good snagger. So shall we jump in? All right, jump. All right, today our, I'm delighted to have our guest be Mike DeFabian. As Mark said, he's the president of DeFabian Remodeling outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. And again, he gave some awesome insights on hiring employees at our most recent roundtable meeting. And so I asked him to be a guest, and I'm delighted to have him here. Mike, welcome to Power Tips. Well, thank you, Victoria and Mark. Glad to be here. You know, again, you've been in the business for a long time, and now your son's involved in it, Michael. And um, you've been hiring for a long time. You know, how, how did you think you got to be so good at it? Well, I'll tell you, Victoria, uh, first off, a lot of it has to do with longevity, making all the mistakes I could possibly make and then figuring out how to correct them. <laughs> um, but the first thing I realized, you know, when it comes to hiring was, I really take it personally that it's my responsibility to make sure whoever I hire has the best chance to succeed. Like if they don't succeed, that's my fault because it really, we put in a tremendous amount of time, resources, etc., and the cost of turnover, as we all know, is extremely high. Right. So I take it really personally that if I hire someone and they don't make it, it isn't that they failed, I failed. Yeah, I know. So that's number one. All right, that's it's awesome. That personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important because, you know, there's all sorts of reasons why people don't succeed, but it does come back to the, the leader and the manager to train them and give them the tools they need and so on. But whew. So talk to me a little bit about the character traits you look for in your hires, and are they the same for all positions? Absolutely. Um, I've always um, I've always kind of taken the philosophy that character is first. Uh, I'd much rather have character over like a ton of experience. The things I look for are sincerity, honesty, caring, is someone approachable. 
Um, no matter what position I'm interviewing for, I always ask myself a question. Would I buy from this person? Or would this person represent our company well? And if the answer to that is not a resounding yes, then there's really no point in going any further. Because I try and put myself into our client's shoes to say, okay, is this someone I can positively respond to? But being sincere, caring, honest, those are the, the character traits I look for. But so how do you know? I mean, you know that the best the best sales job anybody does is when they're interviewing for the job they want. So how do you tell if somebody is honest or sincere? You know, I'm a little old school. I'm really big on eye contact. And, of course, I'm, I'm kind of a sales type anyway. That's kind of my MO. So I'm, I think I've become really good at reading people. Mm-hmm. I look at body language. I look them dead in the eye when I ask them questions. So it's really hard for them to stump me. Okay. All right. That's some pretty good stuff there. So in your opinion, then what's more important? If you were going to hire somebody who had a lot of experience or somebody who's pretty raw, but super eager to learn, then how do you, how do you determine which fits where? Sure. And ideally we'd like to have both, right? Right. We'd like to have some experience and, and have the ability to learn. But if I had to pick one, um, I would actually say the ability to learn is more important. Um, regardless of what someone's experience is, their experience with our firm, right, is zero. Right. So I'd much rather take someone and starting at kind of a baseline of zero and mold them in to how they can be part of our culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I have someone with a ton of experience, but they really aren't trainable, but they have a lot of preconceived notions or mm-hmm. they're kind of tainted you know, I'd much rather have someone a little greener that has an open mind that is willing to learn and we can really kind of train them and, and incorporate them into our processes uh, as easily and quickly as possible. Now, do you find that changes depending on the load, the workload you have? Because we know if we get somebody raw that's trainable, we got to train them. And that takes a lot of time and attention. You know, one thing I've learned is is consistency, right? No matter what, remodeling, there's peaks and valleys. Sometimes we're super busy. Sometimes we're a little slow, but our hiring processes have to be consistent. We have to make the time to properly train. So our whole kind of onboarding process is something we have written down. It's something that we plan on. And once we make a decision to hire someone, we also make the commitment to put in the time train them. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of shifting priorities. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit, back up a little bit before you get to the onboarding. What, how do you start out? What's your hiring process? What are the steps that go into it and who's involved? Well, you know, first off, I solicit employees, trusted trade partners, vendors, and industry contacts. Uh, because I find our, our best candidates are someone that has been referred And particularly in our carpentry crew, we've built a team of carpenters that have almost been kind of self-referred. So that's where I look first, right? And it's amazing. Um, You know, we may simply ask uh, a vendor, hey, do you have anyone in mind we're hiring? And boom, we'll get someone. But if those avenues don't work, then I would say our, our 
best go-to avenue beyond that is Indeed. Uh, okay. We found that to be um, particularly strong for us when when looking for someone, you know, on a cold basis. Um, and then, of course, what we do is I have my office manager screen all the candidates' resumes or information they sent us first. She knows our criteria. Once they kind of make it through that uh, process, we schedule the first interview. And is that on the telephone then, or is that in person, the first one? No, the first one's in person. Okay. Just, I mean, we will contact them either via telephone or email to schedule it, but it is coming in. Uh, and meeting us uh, on, on our turf, in our office. Okay. Um, we always do a second interview. Mm-hmm. What I've learned about interviewing is many times I've had impressions in a first interview that change in a second interview. Really? It's like a, a different person came in. <laughs> so there's always a, a first and second interview. We don't jump after the first interview. Um, after that, if they get through the second interview, we then schedule a group interview. Why? What I've learned over the years is uh, when I've hired someone where maybe I just made the decision, um, and if they didn't make it, what really aggravated me more than anything is if I had another team member say to me after the fact, well, that's not surprising, Mike. I, I didn't think they'd make it. Yeah, that's annoying, it, isn't it? It, it really <laughs> is. I mean, why didn't you tell me that up front? Well, the reason that person didn't tell me that up front is they weren't involved in the hiring process. Right. So, um, after I got told that a few times, I, I learned, you know what? Let's do a group interview. So that third interview is with the entire group. The entire you know, company? Or, oh, the, the department of... Whatever you're hiring for. Yeah, primarily the, the department, yeah. Um, and we actually bring them into our design studio. We have a big conference table. I joke with the candidate. I say, now is where we bring out the halogen lamps. <laughs> put, put those and we basically have the team interact with the candidate. Mm-hmm. And it has been, um, that has really changed our process in a positive way because after we interview as a team, we get feedback, right? And if someone sees something that maybe I missed or they picked up on something, we can share those ideas. But the whole point is get a group buy-in. Right, right. So if they've gone, they've gone through the, the phone screening, the first interview, the second interview, the group interview, at this point, from, what, from my perspective, they've gone through the gauntlet, right? Uh-huh. And then we do... Then we make one more investment. We do a disc assessment. Okay, right. Good for you. And then we make a decision to hire them and, and do them an offer. So it's a, I don't care how desperate we are or how, how quickly we need a candidate, we don't change our process. Because if we change our process and, and we, we hire out of desperation, it really lowers the value of the whole hire. Mike, you mentioned at almost the very end, you have them take that TTI disc personality assessment. How much weight do you give that? What if you guys are absolutely in love with a candidate and it's, man, this is a no brainer. And then that profile comes back that is completely against what the role calls for. Do you move forward? How do you handle that? 
Well, you know, if, if the profile comes back and it's kind of surprising to us, then we really, as you know, in the disk profile, there's a wealth of information. Mm-hmm. We don't just look at, you know, whether they're a high C or high I or whatever. We then dig deeper to find out the reasons behind the profile. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you know, unless there's something glaring, we can usually figure out, okay, we understand this or we need to figure out how to um, interrelate with this person this way, etc. So, I mean, obviously we wouldn't give them the disc profile if we didn't value it, but if they, if they come back with a surprising disc profile, more times than not when we dig into it, it'll just give us more information on how we, if we're really high on the candidate, how we can really uh, kind of adapt our environment to what they're, uh, how they'll respond. So I, I'd say we, we, we weigh it, but um, it's not a deal breaker. Right. Okay. Now, the first two live interviews you do at your office, who does those? Do you do them both? Yes. Okay. So you do the first interview and the second interview and the third one being a group. Correct. And, and a lot of times in the first or second interview, I may have another person in there. Mm-hmm. You know, for instance, if we're hiring for a new designer, I'll have my senior director of project development in there. Right. Um, if we're hiring for production, you know, my son Michael is usually in there. Okay. He's in for, for a lot of our, our interviews. Him and I, we kind of look at hiring the same way we do as firing. You always want to have a witness. <laughs> so we always want to yeah. have another person in the room anyway. <laughs> so, okay, so you get this person. Now, obviously, you're high on them. You want them to make it. You want them to be a long-term member of your team. Speaking of that, I want to come back to that. But do you know right now what, like, an average longevity of your people? Like, what, what's your track record been? Have they been around on average pretty long? Yeah, well, we've been in business 21 years, and I'm, I'm really proud when I talk to clients. Um, we have lead carpenters on staff, and two of our lead carpenters have been with us all 21 years. Wow. Which, which is pretty remarkable. No kidding. Um, when, when you look at the RA um, standards, you know, in terms of full-time employee longevity. I think we're at like 7.3 years. Oh, nice. Okay. Is where that's we, good. We kind of stack up. And that's taken into consideration. We've, we've been growing reasonably steadily for the last five years. So mm-hmm. just by that, there's a certain percentage of employees that are newer. Right, right. Okay. All right. So you hire this person and you're excited. How do you know, how do you determine if that employee is going to make it? Well, uh, I ask myself a simple question, number one. If I provide them with the proper training, tools, guidance, and support, does this candidate possess the drive and passion to succeed? Right? It's a two-way street. If I give them the tools, do they have the drive and the passion to succeed? So that's what I look at. And it's a brutally honest question. You know, you have to – it's a yes or no, right? Yeah. You can't fake passion. You can't <laughs> right. fake desire. You, you, so all through the interview process, we have key questions we ask to, to determine that. Okay. Uh, and then it's all on, again, me, us as a company, it's all on us to make sure they do succeed. What do you think about a probation period? What's your philosophy around that? 90 days. 90 days? Yes. So. 
Okay, so explain yeah. that how, how that works. Well, I mean, we we basically tell people that hey, we can sit here from the cows come home until the cows come home, tell you how great we are, and you can tell us how great you are. The bottom line is, we need to get to know each other. So we have this ninety day period in which we're going to give you a training schedule. We're going to support you. We're going to integrate you into the company culture. And at the end of the ninety days, we're going to do a review. Uh, and at that review, we'll make a, a determination if you're going to become a, a permanent employee at the Fabian Remodel. Okay, great. Um, we have found that that's kind of a good time period. Now, obviously, are we perfect at this? No. Have we made mistakes? Absolutely. Have we had candidates that, you know, 30 days into it, it's not going to work out? You know, we try and take that philosophy of hire slow and fire fast. Mm-hmm. but. 90 days is, is a reasonable period to where we can we feel like we can we can both make a mutually beneficial decision either way. Do you have have you had people say, Yeah, it's a great place, but I don't think it's a fit. You're going, No, 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 it's a fit, really. You're doing great. They're like, No, no, I think it's not a fit. Have you ever had that happen? Um rarely. <laughs> uh, we we did have um, we did have someone we brought in for production. Um, that came to us after about, I think he was with us about 45 days. And we really respected that, actually, because um, we had high hopes for him, a high-character guy, very organized, but it wasn't a good fit, not really because of us, but because of he was kind of a loner person, and he, he really couldn't integrate well with the team. Yeah. So in that case, we were like, appreciative, right? That yeah, he didn't yeah. waste our time and his anymore. Right. Now, we don't normally lose people because they don't feel it's a good fit. Mm-hmm. Like, we hammer them on a good fit <laughs> in the whole uh, interview process. You know, our core values, trust, vision, pride, family. Mm-hmm. We make sure that those four uh, core values are emphasized throughout, and they have to really Right. Come out to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. Join us September 21st and 22nd for the annual Remodeler Summit at Gaylord National Resort and Convention Center, just outside DC. This year's theme: Homecoming: The Art of Building a Remarkable Culture. Because culture eats strategy for breakfast. Featuring two-time best-selling author Deanne Turner, Joe Cursillo, The Mind Shark, and Henna Pryor, The Secret Weapon for Impossible Change. Plus 40 visionary speakers, 36 high-octane workshops, four education tracks, and of course, our legendary welcome party. Are you ready for homecoming? Visit RemodelerSummit.com to learn more. So, Mike, what are a couple of your favorite interview questions that you think really helps you uncover some of that? Um, yeah, I have several. Um, you know, I think the first one is I asked the candidate, why us? You know, there's hundreds of contractors out there. Why did you respond to our ad? Or why did you find out you wanted to learn more about us? 
And I find that question is extremely valuable because it tells me, like, if they know a lot about us and they, you know, they talk about our website, they've done a bunch of research, etc. I know that there's a sincere desire there. Mm-hmm. But if they're just ambiguous or, well, I don't know, I just, just, I just thought I'd check you out. That really tells me a lot, like where we're heading, right? Mm-hmm. I want to know why us. Yeah. And then, and then another thing, you know, what we've learned in business is we've always tried to um, figure out what our unique selling proposition is, right? As a yes. <laughs> yes. So, I want to know what that candidate's unique selling proposition is. Why you, Victoria? <laughs> what is it about you that separates you from the pack? What makes you special? Mm-hmm. And I put them right on the spot. And, you know, that tells me a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, those are some good ones. So those are, you know, a couple of, of good ones. You know, where do you see yourself five years from now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, obviously... In today's market, you want to not only make the right hiring decision, right? You want to, you know, keep your employees, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I want to kind of see where they're at mentally in terms of, you know. And I've had people in the interview say, "Well, you know, I, I figure five years from now, I'll probably have my own business, and I think this will be a great training ground." And it's like, okay, <laughs> goodbye. Uh, it's really? amazing what people say, right? Yeah. If I have someone that really is look, I want to be part of a team. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking for a home. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things mm-hmm. are really important to me. Not how impressed I am by their skills. Right. So, how do you test? A, like, if it, somebody's a carpenter, a lead carpenter, how do you test their mechanical, their their per, you know their building skills? Well. I, first off, I tell them that if if we decide to get together, if this is a good fit for both of us, I'm not going to be the one that decides if you make it or not. The team will. Because I'm going to put you with the team, and you're either going to thrive or you're not. And they're the ones that are going to determine if you're the right fit. So I take it off of me yeah. and put it on the team, and it's really true, mm-hmm. especially with a carpenter. Yeah, the proof will be in the pudding. Yes. Okay. Usually in, in the carpentry field, we'll know within two weeks what we've got, right? Right, right. And, and my, my leads have been with me 21 years. will come back and say, you know. He's not going to cut it. This guy really has potential. Okay, good. You know, that's, that leads me to another point. I really empowered in, in carpentry in particular my lead carpenters to be a big part of that process. I tell them that no matter who we hire, guys, they're not going to be you, okay? Mm-hmm. No one's going to be as good as you, right? <laughs> and I kind of say that joking. Yeah. But I'm counting on you. You know our core values. Mm-hmm. You know what we call the DR ways. Mm-hmm. I'm counting on you to make a decision if this person can fit into the DR way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I take some pressure right off of me. No kidding. I don't really hire or fire anyone. The team does. That's cool. Mike, do you guys actually do, there's so many people I run into don't do what's, air, I'm doing air quotes right now for anyone driving. 
<laughs> the 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 technical things you're supposed to always do and what I'm what I'm talking about now is is background checks or checking on calling Reference. references and those types of things. Do you do that with every candidate? Yes, we do. Good for you. I mean, we uh, you know, background checks we will go to a certain level, right? Sure. Like, yeah. But this is an NSA clearance kind of stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But even um, with, uh, but I mean, even with with referrals, because some some so many people I know just they 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 ask for referrals, but they don't even follow up. Really call them because, and the argument is, well, the other person on the other end isn't legally going to tell you the truth because they don't want to get in trouble, and it's a waste of time. I mean, kind of. If you could speak to like what kind of questions you ask it to of of those referrers. Well, you know, if, if uh, you know, and again, that's part of the screening process, right? If we have a, an impressive resume and, and they, they offer to give references, right, that, that checks the box to say, well, this, this person, you know, could be someone we're interested in. But I do value uh, references, and I use a designer I, I hired years ago that, um, I remember she gave me three references, and one of them was... Um, she went to architecture school, and it was her old professor, and she worked at the school, actually, part-time. And, and I got a hold of her professor, in the first, it was a woman, and she said, well, Mike, I, I mean, I, I barely introduced myself on the phone, right? She said, Mike, I only have one question for you. I said, what's that? Why haven't you hired her yet? And, and I'm like, oh, really? And, and she proceeded to tell me, you know, what a gem this person was, skill set, etc., and and that held a lot of weight with me. Sure. Um, so if if we have the opportunity to talk to people, we do. Well, Mike, as you can imagine, I'm sure you know how stressful it is for, for all these candidates to come in and have to sit across from you and have you grill them. So on behalf of all of them, I'm going to return the favor with the lightning round. Are you ready for that? Uh, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> And now, here's a Remodeler's Advantage Lightning Round. It's a trap! Alright, let's put 60 seconds on the clock. Here we go. What's your favorite business book and why? I'd say one of the most timely ones for me has been Built to Sell by John Morla. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we find through uh, a company succession plan, and one of the things I learned about seven or eight years ago was I really didn't have a business. <laughs> <laughs> Everything centered around me, right? If I get hit by a bus, we're out of business. So that really kind of opened my The book's an easy read, and it's got some humor to it. It just really made me realize I didn't really have a business. So that was really timely uh, in, in developing a succession plan. John's a great guy. He wrote the forward of my book. If you okay. if you weren't a remodeler, what do you think you'd be doing? Um, gee, Victoria can can attest to this. I'd probably be managing a winery and honing my accordion skills. Nice. Mm. What are you not very good at? Uh, technology. <laughs> <laughs> your room, your desk, or your car? Which would you clean first? Probably all three. But if I had to pick one, it'd be my desk. How many pairs of shoes do you own? How many pairs of shoes do I own? Not a lot. About eight. <laughs> What's your favorite music genre? Uh, classic rock and, and country. I like them both. Hey, 
Well, Mike, this has been great. Thank you so much for doing this. Make me coerce you into being a guest here. You were awesome. Now, before I let you go, though, I want you to share with our listening audience your five words of wisdom and why they resonate with you. Absolutely. My five words of wisdom are prove you can be trusted. And the reason that resonates with me is, A, it gives you instant credibility once you prove you can be trusted. B, when you're trusted, others around you open up Mm -hmm. and, and you get the truth in return. And then C, integrity promotes confidence. Uh, I've always felt, you know, if there's nothing to hide, then you can really be yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you if you can be yourself, you can be confident. Mm-hmm. And people pick up on that. So we work really hard, and I even tell my employees this. I say, listen, no one in the room is perfect, and you're looking at probably the most imperfect person in the world. But you're never going to hear me get upset if you make a mistake, right? Now, if you make the same mistake twice, I'll probably get a little upset. But you'll never hear me get upset if you just come to me and tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. Because that, to me, is more important than anything else in the world. That's great. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being here, and you are great. We'll get you on again well, one day. Well, thanks for your time, and um, I, I hope this has been helpful. I know it has been for me. It's a great reminder to say, you know what? We really do have a responsibility to, once we hire someone, make sure they succeed. Yes. Because Lord knows we don't have time to waste, especially in this market. Right. You got it. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mike. Bye. What a good attitude he has about hiring, eh? Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty refreshing to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, Taking the- all the responsibility, you know, it's it's right. our job to make them succeed. Right. It's so hard to do sometimes. You know, I try to get my head around that. And- well, I, th- I think my biggest takeaway is that discipline to go through the process, and you know, you just you have to. It's a. It takes time, and you know, I, I know. I've definitely felt it before the pressure to get somebody in a, in a vacancy. And yeah. I, I know, I admit, I, I've probably moved forward with someone I probably shouldn't have because they were good enough. Yeah. And I thought, okay, well, we can, we can work through this. But more, most importantly, I want to get ahead, a butt in that seat kind of thing. Yeah. And um, you, know, you can't do that. Right. It's, you're just hurting yourself in the long run. Talk about wasting time. All you've done is add six months of someone inadequate, and then you've got to go through it all over again anyway. Yeah, so. but boy, I can sure understand because you're thinking, I got such a load on me, i got to get some of this off of me. Right. Yeah, so I understand. Right. Yeah, but... it's, to have that discipline is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. It, it, I, you know, it's a struggle. Yeah. Yeah, but I thought he gave some real good tips and ways to look at things and getting the group involved and sticking with the process. And really, it start, you know, he also uh, delegated some of that responsibility to his office manager who did the very first phone screening. Right. So a lot of people were involved in it. And um, so it was, it was great and, and couldn't be more timely. Yeah, it's definitely a, a hot topic these days. That is to right. Be sure. That's right. Well, we want to thank Mike for sharing his hiring tips with us. And we want to thank you for listening week in and week out. I'm Mark Harari. And I'm Victoria Downing. See you next time. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the Remodeler's Guide to Business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. 
There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.